Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this Transfiguration Sunday comes from Luke's Gospel. Here again these words. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. Here ends our text. You may be seated. So to start off today, I want to start off with a question, and I want to address, well, everyone, but specifically all of you students who are here with us today. I'm going to ask you the question, and then we are going to answer together. So don't shout out the answer right away, but we'll answer it together. So the question is, what are the five senses of the human body? Give you a moment to think about that. Let's answer it together. What are the five senses? We have the sense of sight, right? Sense of hearing, sense of smell, sense of taste. And what's the last one? Sense of touch. Good job. Our students this week at St. Lawrence will be participating in the annual science fair where they put in many hours of experimenting and having hypotheses and, and just doing different things and all in the name of science. So I think it is really appropriate that Transfiguration Sunday comes the week before because in both our Old Testament and Gospel lessons, we hear about God revealing himself and using two senses of the human body in particular. Can anybody guess what those senses would be? Sight, right? Sight and hearing. Good. Well, pretty much my sermon title, Look and Listen, kind of gives that away, doesn't it? So we're going to hear today, and I want you to kind of keep this in mind as we go through the sermon. And I also would invite you to follow along if you'd like to in the sermon insert there in your worship folder. But we're going to take a look on how God revealed himself through sight and sound today. So let's start with Moses. Let's go to the Old Testament, our reading from Deuteronomy, where God takes Moses on top of a mountain, and God shows Moses all the land that he has promised for the Israelites. We can only imagine what this scene would have looked like. I mean, have you ever been promised something, but had to wait a long time to get what was promised? Well, try waiting 40 years Forty years is how long the Israelites wandered in the wilderness and waited to go to the promised land. And after 40 years of wandering, God allows Moses to see with his own eyes the land that he has promised. Now, although Moses was not allowed to go into this land because of an act of disobedience, God still lets Moses see all of this land. And what happens next? Well, Moses dies. And before he dies, do you remember what Moses says to God after God shows him all of this land? Well, you're exactly right. He says nothing. Moses doesn't say a thing. Moses simply listened to God's promise. As God showed him all this land, Moses listened to the promise that, would be give, that the land would be given to the offspring of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob just like God had promised for generations. But then Moses dies. 
And the Bible tells us that God buried Moses' body. Now, this is kind of a different thing. We, we don't really know what exactly this looked like or how God exactly did this, but we know that God took care of Moses' body after he died. And to me, this kind of reminds me of another end-of-life event in the Old Testament. Perhaps you can recall the prophet Elijah, who in the book of 2 Kings didn't die at all, but was taken to heaven by God in a whirlwind. He never saw death, but he was taken straight to heaven by God. And the next time that we see either of these characters, Moses or Elijah, is in our gospel lesson, where they are seen talking to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And this is where Jesus takes his disciples, Peter, John, and James, up on the mountain. You see, they were kind of Jesus' inner circle of disciples, and they went up to this mountain to pray. And while Jesus was praying, his appearance, Luke tells us, was altered, and his clothes became dazzling white. Can you imagine what this scene would look like? How amazing would it be to see Jesus in all of his glory talking with Moses and Elijah? And although Luke tells us that for whatever reason the disciples were very tired and they actually fell asleep, he makes it clear that when Jesus was transfigured, they were very much awake. This was not a dream. This was not a vision that the disciples were seeing, but they were seeing Jesus in all of his glory. And the disciples not only saw Jesus, but they also heard him. They listened as Jesus spoke to Moses and Elijah. Wouldn't it be amazing to hear that conversation? To hear Jesus speaking to these Old Testament prophets? I just think it would be awesome to be a fly on the wall and listen into that conversation. Or on the mountain, maybe a fly crawling around the, along the ground. Anyways, what would they be talking about? What would Jesus be talking about with Moses and Elijah? Well, although Luke doesn't fill us in on all the details of this conversation, he does tells, tell us that Jesus spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. And the word that Luke uses for departure is actually a Greek word that probably all of you here are familiar with, even though you may not know it yet. For this word that Luke uses for departure is the same word that is dedicated to one of our Old Testament books of the Bible, where God leads his people to the promised land. And that word, of course, is Exodus. Jesus on this mountaintop is talking with Moses and Elijah about his exodus, his departure that would soon take place. So what does this exodus, or what does this have to do with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, if we go back to the Old Testament, to Genesis and to Exodus, we see the sit a situation of the Israelites being captive by the Egyptians. You see, the Egyptians forced the Israelites into hard labor, into slavery, and they made them work. And the Israelites had no way out of this problem. They were trapped. They couldn't do anything about it. The Egyptians were too powerful. So what did they do? Well, they cried out to God, and God heard their plea. God sent Moses, who is this deliverer, 
type figure where Moses delivered them out of bondage and God heard their cry and he sent Moses. So if we fast forward then to the New Testament, we find another situation and where Jesus was talking about his departure or the other word is exodus. But this exodus is a little different although strikingly similar to the Old Testament exodus. For Jesus, in this case, rather than freeing the Israelites only, Jesus was about to free all people from another type of bondage. And that bondage is to sin. For you and I, in this case, find ourselves in a similar situation to the Israelites. Although we're not held captive by a foreign government like the Egyptians, we all formally were held captive to sin and had no way of escaping it. And this transfiguration event confirms who Jesus is as the Son of God, but also his mission, his departure that was about to take place where Jesus would go to the cross. So the disciples on this mountaintop both looked and they listened to what they saw and what they heard. But we know that this listening especially didn't last for long, now did it? For Peter, one of the New Testament disciples, who is well known for his ability to speak up or to speak first out of all the disciples, says right away, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Now, students, remember at the beginning of this sermon where we talked about the five senses? As you may know, speech or speaking is not one of those five senses. Now, is it? And maybe, take it for what it's worth, maybe God did that on purpose. Maybe God wants us to listen before we speak. I always remember my grandfather who would always say to me, Adam, God has given you two ears, but one mouth. Maybe you've heard that saying too, emphasizing that we are to listen before we speak. But in this case, Peter stops using his sense of hearing and he speaks right up. For Peter wanted to go camping. He wanted to build tents. Well, maybe not camping. But we know maybe Peter and this was an attempt to maybe keep Moses and Elijah from leaving him. Or Peter, seeing Jesus transfigured in all of his glory, didn't want that to end. Add to the fact that Jesus was speaking of his departure, or he would soon be leaving, soon be going to the cross. Perhaps Peter just couldn't imagine, even though Jesus said it many times, that Christ in all of his glory would be in such a short while humiliated, sent to a cross, and would die. So I think if we were in Peter's shoes, I don't know if we could say that we would think much differently. So maybe today we should cut Peter a little slack, don't you think? I mean, the poor guy. I mean, he spoke up even before he thought. And then whatever he said in this instance was recorded in the Holy Bible and has been passed down for generations after generations almost 2,000 years. For just imagine if someone was going around in your life recording everything you said or, or were saying and then wrote it down and then passed it on for generations. <laughs> I know for myself, I'm pretty glad that 
in my everyday life, people aren't recording everything I say. For I have this ability, and maybe you do too, to say things without thinking. And pretty soon as I reflect on what I just said, I think, why did I say that? That didn't even make sense. Or as the saying goes, I just put my foot in my mouth. (laughs) So maybe it's a good thing. And if you're like me or like Peter, maybe you can take heart and be glad that Peter's speaking didn't last for too long. For pretty soon, God interrupted Peter, didn't he? When a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And as soon as this voice was spoken, Jesus was found alone, and the disciples were silent. And maybe sometimes, being silent is the best thing to do. Rather than speaking right away, maybe listening is the better way to go. Especially in this case, where the disciples beheld Jesus' glory at the transfiguration. The disciples both looked and saw, and they listened, and they heard. So I think the theme of looking and listening can actually serve us quite well today. As we move into the Lenten season, beginning this Ash Wednesday, for Lent is a season where all Christians are really called to look and to listen. Lent is a season where we fix our eyes on Jesus and we hear anew the journey that Jesus took to the cross for us, to free us from our bondage to sin and who died for us, for you and for me. So this Lent, I would encourage you to both look and listen. Look as this Wednesday we will be receiving the ashes on our foreheads, which remind us of our own mortality and our inability to defeat death on our own. And also to look at the body and blood that is offered for us today that shows us that Jesus still continues to reveal himself to us through this precious sacrament. And this Lent... I would also encourage you to listen. Listen as you read and hear God's word. And as God's word and his Holy Spirit moves into your lives to reflect on Jesus' great sacrifice that he has made for you. So look and see. Listen and trust. In Jesus, the one who revealed himself to the disciples and continues to reveal himself to us today. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.